the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, our financial and retirement expert in studio. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Chris. And how are you today? Well, I'm looking at some snow. I see. Well, it was. Kind of. It's kind of. It's kind of sort of thinking about it anyway. It's not. There's getting, a couple flakes out there. It's not, right? getting, not getting real serious yet, but you no, know, that, not at all. But it's the first snow of the season. You know, I think the snow globe scenario works. I do. I think it might work. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you want to explain that to everybody who doesn't know what that is? Well, you know, there's a lady in your front office, a wonderful woman named Linda, who carries a snow, various different snow globes in each season, right? And I guess there's the the winter one that she brought in recently. And so we have uh, sort of come to the conclusion that when she makes that happen, it's sort of like when the groundhog sees a shadow. It's time for winter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's fun. That's well said. There you go. I'll have to pass that on to her because she's not happy about it. But anyway, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense Larry Rosenthal Show here on this first snowy weekend of of uh, winter 2017 18 yes, right indeed yeah yeah so all is good so hey you know lots of uh, lots of info this week this past week in the markets the economy and no doubt about it one of the big things that uh, sort of slipped by everybody was the brexit milestone has been reached huh Yes, yes, yes. So the U.K. Uh, basically made a, a, a deal with the EU um, to continue into the next steps of the, you know, the ultimate Brexit. Uh, so, so you know, the next thing is a little bit of, of trade talks and stuff. So it looks like it's, it's going a little bit smoother than what, amp- what it, people anticipated, and the markets uh, kind of rallied on that a little bit the other day. Global equities firmed up a little this week, uh, as, as well as, you know, with news of the U.S. Uh, pending tax tax reform. And, right. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, information. So, yeah, so lots of things happen in there. And on top of that, take a look at some of the more salient points of the economic data that came out this week. Non-farm payrolls increased a little bit better than expected this past week. In November, we added 228,000 jobs uh, to, to, to the country, and unemployment remained steady at 4.1%. Here's something interesting, though, that we need to really track this, because this is, this is what uh, really gives us indication of, of households growing and things like that. You know, you take a look at household debt, it's, it's reduced pretty substantially on the average over the last several years. 
and earnings this past month has gone up 0.2% after it was a slight decline in October. <clears throat> but the year-over-year earnings, in other words, how much has earnings gone up uh, last October to, to through this October, and it's and it's around two and a half percent. Uh, so it keeps staying in that in that average range right there. We want to see it tick up a little bit more. But does but it just mean more... bottom lining your paycheck? You get up a little bit, a little bit more money. Is that what this exactly? Is? Bottom line your paycheck, you're getting a little bit more money th- now than you were last year. And we've had this is the 86th month of job creation, and that's what the Fed's really looking at. 86 straight month actually, and that's what the Fed's looking at. So we'll probably see a rate hike next week. But those who uh, do have jobs, they're not they're not seeing a lot of uh, increase in their paycheck it's just the new jobs that are being created is what you're saying no there's lots of new jobs being created yeah. but the existing jobs not were, were, not, were starting to see wages increase but not you know basically here's the deal jobs are being added but wages are lagging right okay right. as far as wages be being increased so so but they are going up a little bit and that's one of the you know the great you know debates if you're not getting a lot of wage increase why is the fed raising rates well they're raising them in anticipation and because we've got you know 86 straight months of job creation too so lo- lots of news out there i expect that the fed will raise rates next week when they meet uh in addition to that we'll have to take a look at what we call their dot plan you know how far out uh, do they put the little dots on the on the map, or how many dots they put on the map next year, as far as raising rates next year? Consensus seems to be that they're going to look to raise three to four times next year as well, uh, which is good. You know, we need to get interest rates a little bit more normalized uh, in, in in the economy, and it's going to help banks and financials and and pretty much everyone al- along the line, as long as they don't raise too much too quickly, so that interest rates get too high to choke choke off commerce and so that's sort of the balance mix that they really have to walk along so all in all give them a good grade uh things that things are moving along well the the market is still anticipating you know what's going to happen with tax reform <clears throat> lots of questions in the office this week on it emails conversations with clients all kinds of things about it it certainly is the buzz these days it is definitely at the end of the day you really have to take a look at you know what the house is proposing to the senate and see how those two decks of cards fold together. Sort of so, like the husbands and the wives, right? I know I hear people say all the time, I have to check with the Senate, and they're talking about their wives. But, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, you know, in, in addition to that, the, the uh, uh, Congress did put together a continuing resolution to fund the government through December 22nd. So we have a couple more weeks, right? And yeah. uh, I, I would imagine that they're going to con- continue doing that as well past that Uh I don't see any any shutdown or anything like that. Hope, hopefully not. Right, right before Christmas, wouldn't that be crazy? Well, it certainly shouldn't happen with one party controlling most of the Congress. So, you would think, you would think, Chris. But, you, would, you, know, you never anyway, know. Though. That's a different story. So, hey, let's give us a ring here at eight five five Rose one two three on this snowy weekend in December, gliding into Christmas season. So, give us a call at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five. Seven six seven three one two three. With any of your financial planning, investment questions, questions on the pending tax return, your estate plans, whatever it may be, give us a call eight five five Rose one two three. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. 
That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Making Money Sense with Larry Rosenthal, who's, uh, I guess, uh, wanted to sing along with us today, right, Larry? Absolutely, Chris. (laughs) You don't want to hear me sing. (laughs) Well, it just kind of feels like it's starting to be a little bit more like Christmas, and so I'm excited about this time of year. Everybody just seems to be a little nicer, and, you know, there's a little more peace. It's just just the season. It's nice. This is true. Hey, let's, uh, let's go ahead and welcome Susan on the line. Good morning, Susan. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you today? I'm well. How can I help you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I am planning on finding another job, and I will be leaving my job that I've been at for more than 15 years, and I have a couple hundred thousand in 401k, 403b with the company. And I'm wondering what would I do when I, if if and when I find a new full a full time job that would have a different retirement plan, what am I supposed to do with that retirement plan? And I am 55. Well, Susan, there's there's <clears throat> excuse me, there's four things that you can do with the money left in your old employer's plan. One thing is you can leave it there. Second thing, you can cash it out, pay taxes and a penalty, which probably isn't a good good move. Third thing is you can roll it into your new employer's plan if they allow for that to happen. And then the fourth thing is you can roll it over to your own traditional IRA. If you don't have one, then one will be created for you immediately once the money's rolled over. That's a non-taxable event. <clears throat> so one of the advantages of rolling it over to your own IRA is that you can invest pretty much in just about everything that was in your old plan and your new plan, plus a whole lot of other different areas there. So when you take a look at one of the considerations that you have to look at is what's the lineup of investment choices in the old plan, what are the lineup of investment choices in the new plan, and then what can you, you know, what's missing in 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 those two plans by being able to put money into your own traditional IRA. Most people end up rolling the money over to their own traditional IRA because it gives them much greater diversification and and control over the investment strategies inside there. But those are pretty much the four choices that you have. Okay. So you wouldn't even really be thinking about doing the, um, what is that called when you, oh, an annuity? You wouldn't even think about doing that. 
Well, so so here's the story on an annuity. An annuity is a product. It's an investment vehicle, just like a mutual fund is a product. It's an investment vehicle. So I can say I'm going to take this dollar and I'm going to invest it into an annuity or I'm going to invest it into a mutual fund or an individual stock for that matter, okay? Mm-hmm. Those are the products. The IRA conversation is how is this money managed from a tax perspective? Since this money is an old, is money in your old retirement plan, it's going to carry through the rules of the IRAs. In other words, if you roll this money over to an IRA, then you decide as the investor what is the driving force that's going to give you the returns. You can put the money into an annuity if you want, so it would be an annuity inside an IRA, or you can put the money into mutual funds. It would be mutual funds inside an IRA. So these products, annuities, mutual funds, ETFs, UITs, whatever they are, they're just products that house your money. It's the wrapper around it, the IRA, individual retirement arrangement, that allows the money to grow tax-deferred. So oh, you, see. Yeah, you choose the product mix inside the IRA to deliver your rate of return. So there, so when you look at saying, okay, I'm going to put the money into an annuity, you can buy an annuity either in an IRA or outside an IRA, just like you can buy a mutual fund in an IRA or outside the IRA. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. That's okay, very so if, helpful. Yep, if someone's talking to you about saying, oh, roll this money over into an annuity, now let's drop, let's drop down into the, the product conversation here a little bit. Every single product out there has pros and cons, okay? The advantages of a mutual fund, and there's disadvantages to a mutual fund. There's advantages to an ETF and disadvantages to an ETF. There's advantages to an annuity and disadvantages to an annuity. So you have to really stop and say, what's the purpose of this investment? What do you want to do with this money? How do you want this money to react while it's growing for you? And then when you start to pull the dollars out down the road. So so some advisors hate annuities and some advisors love annuities. And some advisors say, you know, some people should have some of their money into an annuity and some of their money outside of an annuity simply because of the makeup of the, uh, of the assets that the clients have, what their goals are, their risk tolerance, things like that. You know, an advantage of an annuity is that, you know, you're guaranteed in most cases never to run out of money. You can also have some guarantee floor minimum income disbursements to you each year at when you decide to pull the money out, so you, you take away a lot of market risk. On the other hand, there may be uh, minim- you may not be able to invest in everything that's available in the open market. You may have additional fees, whereas if you invest in mutual funds or ETFs or stocks, you could, you could actually... Uh, end up growing your money and then dropping it way down if the market drops right before you ultimately retire and then therefore getting a lower income. So there's pros and cons. So a lot of people will mix and match that. They might put into their IRA maybe maybe 20% into an annuity and then the rest of it into market-based products like mutual funds, ETFs, and things like that to get the overall mixture of your risk and your guaranteed income and your lower fees and all that kind of stuff. Kind of shot a lot at you there over the airways, but but that's sort of the answer to your question. You really need to dig down a little bit further into that. Does that does that help you a little bit? That's very helpful. It almost feels like, from what you're saying, the easiest thing without me having to think about it too much would be if it was possible to roll it over into 
a new one in a new job just because then it's kind of set out and you don't have to think about it too much just because I'm not a money person. Well, you know, this is an area here where you might want to sit down and talk to a financial advisor and he or she could give you guidance on, on how to go about doing that, whether you roll the money into your new employer plan or into an IRA. You know, there's there's definitely advantages to put it in, putting it into your own IRA, but you do have the choice of putting it into your uh, new employer's plan. Definitely. And what would the advantage of that be other than what would the advantage be? Of the advantage in- of, of, of putting money into uh, your, your your new employer's plan? Yes. Well, putting the money into your new employer's plan, it, 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 it just <laughs> – what are the advantages of that? Um you know, it, it makes it it makes it simpler for you because you just simply roll it over into your new employer's plan and start putting dollars in right there. Your all of your money then will be in one spot because your old plan rolls into your new plan and you can see what it is. It really goes to looking at what the lineup of investment choices are inside the plan. You know, the the new employer plan may have some wonderful investment choices. They may not. You may look at them and go, you know, the investment choices here aren't so good. I'm going to go put it into my own IRA. That's why you have the freedom of choice there. Not all not all retirement plans and employers have some really good choices. Uh, I just had a client this week uh, who who has a, a a new employer plan, and and both her and I were looking at the plan lineup, going, eh, it's not so good. And she says, I know, but this is what I have to deal with. Okay, there you go. So you know, take a look at what the lineup is. If you like, I'll have someone give you a ring next week and step you through all of this stuff and 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 show you how to look at what's inside your new employer's plan, compare it with your old employer's plan, and go from there. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate all your counsel. Absolutely. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your information. We'll have someone give you a ring next week. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five. Chris, my uh, here, yeah, here. Buttons here. aren't working there. Put her on hold there, please. <laughs> Took care yeah. of you. Yeah. Thank you. Give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul With a corncob pipe and a button nose Eyes made out of coal You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More making money sense in a moment. He began to dance around. The frosty, the snowman was as live as he Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. 
buying confidence when you have your loan first certificate which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate. 571-490-7117 or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations in MLS number 5618 and 99665. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for, the dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. I think this is your favorite song, Larry, isn't it, Frosty? Or is it? It is. I like Frosty, yes. It was a jolly happy You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, let's get a phone number here for you, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Give us a call right now. Talk to Larry Rosenthal here in studio with us today. Ah, it just feels like it feels like winter. It feels you like got to hit the screener, Chris. Uh, okay. All right. We've got. There we go. All right. Good morning. Uh, let's welcome Delapo on the line. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Larry. How are you doing today? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? Um, I have two issues I wanted to help me with. The first one is about um, my current work status. I went for an interview at an underjob on Wednesday last week, and I was actually accepted. But um, the pay on the job is a little bit lower than the one I'm doing right now. And um, it's actually going to cut through my both jobs that I'm doing right now. I want to know if I can just, like, go for that job and um, because they actually have better benefits. And um, it had a future promise of paying more than the one I'm doing right now. So, but I don't know if I should just quit my both jobs now and go for that from next week or I should just stick with my two jobs that I'm doing right now. Delapo, does your current job match a 401k plan for you? Yeah, it does. Does the new job match one? Yes, sir. What's the difference in the matching? Um, I don't really know, but I know they both talked about the 401k, that they have the benefit, the 401k benefit while I was employed, but I don't really know the difference between it. Well, if you're, if you're looking at a second job and you're going re- to reduce your income, if the second employer offers you a higher matching, you could end up making more money for your retirement bucket of money down the road. In other words, if your oh, first okay. employer is going to match you 3%, but your second employer might match you 5 you may end up getting a, a larger pack, uh, pile of money down the road in retirement years. So that's a question mm-hmm. that you really need to ask. And then you were saying that there's, you know, so 
that's the first thing that comes to my mind. The, the second thing is it's a difficult question for me to ask because I don't know what your expenses are each month. I don't know if the second job is going to give you the same lifestyle choices. I don't know what the reduction in income is going to be. My main concern here is that no matter which job, you, if, you, if you stay with your current job or you take the second job, you know, you might like the second job. It might be a lifestyle decision. You might not like the first job, and you say, hey, you know, I really like the, what's happening in the second job, but is that second job going to enable you to still continue to save towards retirement, uh, uh, you know, needs and, and college funding, whatever situation is in in your family there? That's the real big question that you have to ask. And also take a look at uh, the matching in the 401K. So I would circle back around and get that information first, okay? Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. And then sort of yeah, do a cash flow analysis on everything. If you'd like, I can send you out mm-hmm. our financial planning toolkit, and that'll sort of help you give your, you know, some some guidance as to what your income and expenses are now, and then you can do the same same exercise at with the new with the new job with the new income, because you want to still be able to make sure that you're saving dollars. But but at the end of the day, also. It's not all about the money either. It's about lifestyle choices too, and it's about doing what you want to do to make yourself happy and stuff like that. You just want to make sure that you can gear your standard of living toward towards what you're you're bringing in for yourself down the road. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, and secondly, for my own personal business plan, um, I, I have a plan to have an art complex where I can bring in. All different or diverse cultures and languages from Africa to be taught and to um, upgrowing children and stuff. But right now, I already started with the dance. I already started the dance group. Actually, I did this in Nigeria before I came into America. But I have I have a very like bad credit. But I don't know if I can. If there's any other way I can actually get to get grants towards pursuing like this dream, like employing people to teach people from different African countries to teach their language and cultures to people and um, things like that. I don't know how you would go about getting those grants. You could talk to the SBA, Small Business Association. They might be able to give you some guidance or an attorney in that arena who helps set up those types of programs for you, okay? Okay. Um, that's where I would That's where I would lead you to. Uh, okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you Absolutely. So you have a wonderful weekend, and, and Merry Christmas. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye bye. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring, 855 Rose123. That's 855 767 3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, go ahead and give us a call uh, on this new snowy day. First snowy day of the season, Chris. Very happy about it. You I'm know, just really not, upset I can't make a snowball and throw it at you. <laughs> not a lot of snow. No, not here in the studio. You can't do that. <laughs> so, hey, the TSP is looking at uh, trying to increase its competitive position uh, for people putting money into it. Kind of some good information coming out about the TSP. The TSP is the government's thrift savings plan for people that are employed by the federal government. It's sort of the private sector's equivalent of the 401k plan. And the TSP uh, governing boards decided to replace the current index used for the I-Fund, which is the international fund. And, and um, <coughs> excuse me, so well, they don't change that very often. This is kind of a big thing. Yeah. It is. So inside the TSP, there's there's five choices, the C, G, F, S, and I funds. And then there's a, a sixth choice, actually, which is the L series. It's called the Life Cycle Funds, which is a combination of the other five. 
And the one that I'm talking about here is the International Fund specifically. It, it is, it's called the I-Fund. And since 2001, the I-Fund, that's when it launched. It, it's tracked the MSCI Europe, Australia, and Far East benchmark of companies that, you know, uh, uh, in stocks in those, 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 those countries there. So recently, the TSP's considered expanding it into uh, smaller stocks and stocks of emerging countries. So the board at its most recent meeting pretty much accepted uh, recommendations to take the I-Fund to match the MSCI All-Country World Fund Index, which covers pretty much non-U.S., developed markets, smaller companies, and emerging markets. So that, that was one of the things about the uh, uh, I-Fund was it didn't give as broad a reach on international, and it looks like it's going to do that now. Well, you've always so, been a fan of emerging markets, or at least recently you have been. Well, I'm a fan of, of uh, you know, when you introduce different asset classes such as, you know, international or emerging markets, the more interna- the more uh, asset classes you introduce to a point, the more risk reduction you can accomplish or better diversification. So, and emerging markets is an asset class, definitely. When you take a look at emerging markets, you know, adding it into a portfolio, it, it, it adds volatility, but it also creates risk reduction by adding that extra asset class too. So to a certain point, yes, is is the answer to your question. So now it's going to cover uh, as well as everything I just mentioned, uh, Canada too, stocks in Canada. Oh, wow. So kind of neat. They're talking about it's probably going to take a little over a year or more to uh, – uh, make the transition all the way all the way around. So, kind of some interesting interesting information there when it when it comes to the TSP. In addition to that, they're also looking at making some possible changes to the G fund. You know, right now the G fund's got a, a, a an interest rate that's a little bit higher than the average thirty uh, day Treasury bill, and so they're talking about what they're going to do with that as well. Well, so, if they ever make those changes, I know there's a seminar on the on the horizon because there is there's going to be a seminar on the horizon. Speaking of that, you know, probably once uh, Congress does put the final tax scenario together, we'll be rolling out some educational seminars on that all around the area. Uh, because it's going to be pretty big sweeping changes. You know, we've we've got a lot of the data together already. The problem is, is it changes all the time. You know, uh, so so we have to wait and wait wait and see what it what it does. You know, how it actually comes out finalized. But we're definitely going to be rolling out a lot of educational classes on all of that, because it's you know taxes do play a paramount picture in one's investment strategies. Well, when is your season for seminars? It's uh Coming soon, then not too far away, right? It is. Yeah, we usually do our seminars on the first, you know, in the first uh, first few months of the year, January through through April or so, and then uh, uh, huh. you know a lot of different areas around. And and by the way, if if you're interested in having me come out to to your your company or your church or something like that, we'd be happy to come on out and do a a, a seminar in, in the churches. We do them from a biblical based standpoint. I have a Bible based money management seminar that I teach. Uh, it's lots of fun. We talk all about you know. How the how the Bible looks at money, as well as teaching about, you know, the products, how a mutual fund works, how an IRA works, how annuities work, how estate planning works, all that kind of stuff. Because you know we 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 have these assets that the Lord has given us, and now we have to use them from a good steward standpoint. But we also have to use them in man's products, man's tools that 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 man has created. Mm-hmm. You know, should I be in a closed-end mutual fund or an open-end mutual fund? What is the difference? Should I have an ETF or or a mutual fund? 
Should I have an actively based mutual fund or a passively based mutual fund? What is the story there? When are the, when should I rotate from active to passive and all that kind of stuff? So these are the things that we go over because we need education, right? Gotcha. We need education on how these tools work. We need to understand what's going on in the economy. How do you read the economy and things like that? So if you're interested, I'd be more than happy to, to come on out and teach you, uh, you know, biblically-based financial planning in your churches. Do you so. talk about Bitcoin at all? No, we don't talk about Bitcoin. Well, Erica wants to talk to you about Bitcoin. Erica, welcome aboard. Go ahead and talk Hi, to Larry. Good morning to both of you. Um, yes, I um, had a coworker that had mentioned it to me several months ago, and um, I've been just taking my time with um, researching it, but I wanted to get um, your view on um, whether it's a good investment or not. Um, personally, I'm staying away from it at this point. <laughs> How does that sound? Okay. It's, it's a risky investment, Erica. It, it's, it's it's yeah. It's not backed by by anything, and and um, you know, I really, I really, <clears throat> you know, we're gonna start the futures are gonna start trading on it uh, Sunday tomorrow, um, and it's gonna trade twenty four hours a day and things from from what I understand, but. You know, I'd be very cautious as as uh, to investing in it right right now. I really would be. It's very very high, and you know the the blockchain that it runs on uh, has interest definitely. So I don't know. We have to wait and see. Really, um, okay. There's not right. a lot of information out there, and a lot of people don't understand it. And um, it's a cryptocurrency, and there's a lot of them out there. This is just the one that seems to be in a huge bubble right now. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. so it's 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 kind of a challenge uh, to 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 go into it right now. It really is. So, and I'm not sure that all the broker dealers and custodians allow you to change it, uh, purchase it either. You know, I actually know a, fr- a friend of mine was telling me the other day he bought it on an app. He downloaded an app on his phone and bought it. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll have to we'll have to stay tuned and see. That's my that's my answer. How's that sound? <laughs> a little too early. Okay. Thank you. I, I just wanted to get the views. Thank you so much for your information. Absolutely. Thanks, Erica. Appreciate, Appreciate the, the phone call. Yep. Yep. Yeah, my, my uh, screener's just not working here, Chris. Yeah, that's, we'll, we'll um, keep it going here. Anyway, so, hey, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, let's, let's roll that over into life's financial goals you know, are often big um, when, when you take a look at our time frames. I want to talk a little bit about how we sort of move through, uh, you know, different ages in our life. And, and we have children. We, we need to save for college. That We need to save for retirement. And we need to save for, for, for all the things in between that, right? Mm-hmm. And today, the, the average cost, when you look at the average cost of a public school versus a private school, um, you know, the on a four-year institution here, the, the average cost of renting, renting anywhere between thirty-nine dollars and $49,000 a year. That's wow. all the way across the country in, in prices for college. So stop and think about this. You know, let's just do some math. Let's suppose you have your first child when you're 27 years old, which is the average, okay? Now, I'm talking nationwide here. So, so when 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 you're when you're 27 years old and you put 18 years on that, you're 45 years old, and now you're sending out all this money for college. Then you have to turn around and also save for retirement, which is going to happen in another 15 years, another 20 years down the road. The average cost to raise a child, okay, the average cost to raise a child up until age 18, not including college costs, is two hundred thirty-three thousand dollars. 
and wow. and so exactly so things get very expensive you know uh, all along, all along the way but i'm it's i'm just laying out this and then when you get into retirement the average first year cost this is what surprised me i was actually surprised by this number i thought it was i actually thought it was lower than this number when you compared across the nation but the average first year cost in retirement in other words when you say all right i'm retiring what is it going to take me to live this year? The average cost is over $44,000 of net after-tax income. $44,000. I thought it was actually going to be a lot lower than that. But the majority of that is made up of housing costs. Yeah, mortgages and such, yeah. Housing costs. And then guess what number two is, Chris? Food? Transportation. Really? Above food? Huh? Yes, above food, then health care, then food. Wow. Okay. And so when you stop and you take a look at that, housing cost and transportation, those are two big issues in building a financial plan from when you get married all the way up to retirement. This is what I want to sort of spend the conversation towards is, you know, start thinking about this. Many, many people, and a client in the other day, and he was saying, you know, well, yeah, the, the uh, uh, you know, I, I want to have a small manageable mortgage in retirement. Spoke to a family member the other day. He said, nope, I don't want a mortgage in retirement. And people's ideas are all over the map about what you do, how you handle, and what it is that you want to do with your mortgage in retirement years. Some people still still buy off on, hey, we need to have a big, big, large mortgage in retirement for the tax deduction. Other people say, you know what, forget the tax deduction. I want to keep as much of my money as I can. I'll deal with some taxes down the road, but... I want my home paid for. I want the peace of mind knowing my cash flows at a minimum requirement each year. And other people say I need to have a small manageable mortgage just because I can't quite afford to pay off my house. And I don't want to be house rich and cash poor and not be able to go you know, on vacation because all my money's in my house. I don't have any savings. So you sort of have to really take a look at balancing that mixture out when it comes to how are you going to handle your house and transportation. This is what I was really surprised about, and your transportation in retirement years. Well, you got to wonder and drill down on that survey just a little bit, though, because if it's somebody like me in transportation, I mean, I drive my car till the wheels fall off. Are we talking about... You know, buying a new car or getting a larger mortgage or all of that. Well, what actually makes that up? Transportation could be a lot of things. It could be gas. could be every area you live in. is Some are more expensive than others. You know, lots of things to consider. That's exactly right, Chris. But, you know, I see many, many times people moving into retirement, and one of the questions that we bring up here, and, and this, this survey really validates that a little bit, is, you know, <clears throat> what, are, what are you going to be doing for your, your cars? You know, let's let's suppose somebody's 60 years old and they say, hey, you know what, I'm going to retire in two years. And one of the questions that you should be thinking about is, what's the age of your car? Well, at age 60, you know, I've got a car that's 12 years old, let's just say, and now we're going to move that into retirement. Maybe we should look at getting that car while you're still working for the next couple of years so that you can take a car a long time into retirement so that you're not forced with car payments or a big expense when you get into retirement years. That's what I'm talking about right there. Gotcha. Okay? Because, you know, if you stop and think about it, the average length of time that somebody owns a car is seven years, and I think it's it's dwindling down even more than that now. So, so I'm obviously it, not in that survey. <laughs> there you go. But but you know we're talking averages here. Yeah. So when when if you're going to live 30 years in retirement, you know you're looking to buy you know four cars, four different cars yeah. during retirement. Now are they new cars or are they new used cars? 
Yes, they're a combination of both. But it, my, my point is you need to look at budgeting for that stuff when you take a look at, at the housing expenses as well as the transportation costs. It makes up, uh, you know, up in the 40 percentile range of what this $44,000 a year income needs to be yeah. in your retirement year. So so running a cash flow, running a cash flow analysis financial plan is very, very important when you when you take a look at, at all of these different scenarios there. So, hey, give us a ring here. We got, it looks like we've got to take a quick break. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123 on this snowy Saturday morning in December, rolling right on into Christmas. Give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. For more information about how Larry and his team can help you, go to LarryRosenthal.com. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, Larry. Sure, Chris. You know, we're talking about, you know, financial planning, saving for retirement and all that. And and here's something that we really need to dive into and really get a good solid grip and spend some time with the Lord thinking about it. In Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9, it says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. 
but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you, Lord, and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may have become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. Think about this. You know, the, the, the Lord wants us to be dependent on him and trust him each day for our daily needs, right? How much is enough? How much do we give away? How much do we save? Kind of an interesting thing to really be thinking about when, it, you know, especially this time of year coming up to, you know, Christmas season and make sure we give those extra gifts and, and things of that nature to, to people that need it. You know, don't forget the poor. Definitely. Yeah. So hey, let's shoot on over to the district and welcome Jerry on the line. Good morning, Jerry. How are you today? I'm just fine. Thank you. How can I help you, sir? Um, well, I, I think my my situation is getting started, you know, at the age of 62. Um, my wife is a federal worker. I'm a military retiree. I have a 401k uh, that's, that's matching at 6%. And uh, we were looking at retiring at 2020. We just picked a date, you know, God see fit we're still living. Um, and I'm saying I haven't really sat down and took a look at anything, you know, in preparation so basically, getting started is my thing. Is it too late to start? No, it's not too late to start. And actually, you have started a long time ago. And you may not realize that because you have a, a wonderful pension from the military. And it looks like your wife's going to have a pension, too, from the federal government. When you enter into retirement, the, the emphasis becomes on income. And even though it, it and I don't know your situation, it may sound like you haven't saved a lot of money. You have income coming in. That's a key. That's in, that income's never going to stop. That income's not going to not going to stop if the markets go down, if the markets go up, if we have high you know high bouts of inflation or, or low bouts of it. It doesn't matter. That income is going to continue to come in. So that's a huge cornerstone of your of your uh, you know retirement plan. So what we really need to do, Jerry, is really just sort of sit down and take a look at what's the guaranteed income that's coming in from your different sources: your pension, Social Security, your wife's pension, and her Social Security. How much is going to be coming in, and then match that up against what your in what your expenses are today, as well as what you think they're going to be down the road in the future. That's really the way that we have to take a good solid look at it. Does that make sense? And it does. And that's exactly, I guess that's exactly what I needed, you know, is to see where we stand and where we have to go. Yep. So we just, you know, our financial planning toolkit, I'll send that out to you. That's going to draw a line in the sand and it's going to say, hey, if we keep doing what we've been doing, where are we going to be down the road? And Correct. and then and then starting to take a look at some options and changes. And that's the scenario right there. So one of the things that you really have to start thinking about is is since you're 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 gonna retire um <clears throat> soon in a couple of years or so, is your income that you're making today supporting the standard of living that you're using today, or taking a look at the four incomes that you're going to have, two Social Securities and the two pensions, is that going to be large enough to maintain your standard of living? That's really the big question right now. So if you and like I'm hoping so. We, uh, we, both, we just, a few years ago, about five years ago, we moved from a house to a condo, mm-hmm. you know, to draw down, you know. So that's a lot better, you know, getting rid of all the unnecessarities and, uh, and getting one of my last children out of the house next April, you know, it'll be back to just she and I. You know, okay. So yeah. 
Yep. So let so me yeah. go ahead. If you like, I'll send you out the financial planning toolkit, and that uh, would we'll be have outstanding. Someone, sure, we'll have someone give you a ring and sort of go over it all with you, and you know, build you out a financial plan. So let me go ahead and put you on hold here. I appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. On this snowy. Almost Christmas. Well, it's not almost Christmas. Feels like it, though. Gliding into the Christmas season. There you there, go. Chris. That's Gliding it. in. Gliding That's in. True. Yeah. You know, coming down to the end of the year in November and December, I always give a couple little, um, uh, you know, pieces of advice on year-end planning, uh, starting off next year ready to roll. You know, make sure, you know, again, I, I, I talk about this each week in December, make sure you, you consider increasing your retirement plan contributions for next year by at least 1%. Take advantage of the opportunity here to, to say, you know what, it's the new year. I'm just going to put one more percent into my retirement plan. Uh, try it for a few months. You might be surprised. You might not miss it. And you're putting more and more money away for retirement. Make sure you've got the tax deductions all lined up where you want to uh, put dollars away this year. You know, we were coming down in the last few weeks of, of uh, tax season, you know, and, and as well as make sure you use uh, any of the, the dollars left in your in your uh, FSA accounts, your flexible spending account balances. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Make, make sure you don't forget about that, too. So, so take a good look at the charities that you want to give some money away to. Ask some people. We talked last week about donor-advised funds. Those are mutual funds that you can just put money into each week or each month throughout the year, and then you can tell the charity when to put put the money, when to give the money into what what uh, I'm sorry. Then you can tell the mutual fund company what charity to put the money towards and and when to do it. Uh, it was very 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 efficient way of giving. That way you're not pressured at the end of the year and saying, oh well, hey, I want to I want to make a thousand dollar deduction here. Who do I give it to? What do I do? You know, you it's already it's already taken care of for you in there, and there's no pressure for you to make that decision at the end of each year. You could just build it up for years and then disperse it, and you're getting your tax deduction each and every year that you put the money into. So donor-advised funds are very, very good to, to go about doing that. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. So switching over to the markets again, Chris, and, and a little bit of investment strategies and things like that, you know, when you take a look here from 1926 – through 2016, we've had 22 negative years, 69 positive years. In other words, we've had 75% of the time the markets have been positive. Okay? That's a good number, right? It is, as long as I, you're on top of it when you're investing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, when you take a look at a rolling 10-year stock market, in other words, you're going to keep you're going to look at this over a 10 year period of time not year by year but you know bring on the 10th year drop off the 11th bring on the next one drop off that last one when you do it in blocks of 10 years the market has been positive 95% of the time wow from 1935 through 2016 so that brings me down here real quick to Taking a look at the last 20 years, from 1997 through 2016, if someone had invested into the S&P 500 $10,000 and stayed fully invested, didn't pull the money out at all, they'd have a balance of $43,911. If during that last 10-year period of time, 1997 through 2016, 
and they missed the 10 best days, just 10 days over that period of time, their balance would be 21000 cut in half. If they missed the best 20 days, it dropped to 13000 They missed the best 30 days, 9000 So they lost money. And if they missed the best 40 days, they cut their principal in half. It's $5,900 just about, almost cut it in half. My point is, it's not timing in the market, it's time in the market. Now, let's roll this forward a little bit again and take a look. This is the latest data I have through 2015. The average returns from 94 through 2015 for the S&P is 8.19%, but the average investor did 4.67%. So the average investor made half of what the S&P 500 did, and the reason why is because the average equity investor only held their position for 4.19 years. So in other words, every four years, people are moving their money in and out, in and out, okay? They're, they're, they're trying to time this thing and move it in and around. That's why you build a portfolio that covers a lot of these asset classes, and it's time in the market. So when you stop and you think about that, the rolling 10-year numbers, right, in the market, 95% of the time, People have not lost money. It's kind of an interesting interesting way to really take a good look. So that's at a buy-and-hold strategy almost, isn't it? It is a buy-and-hold strategy, but it's also rebalancing, and it's also employing active and passive management mm. and different asset classes. So it, it boils it all down to, again, it's just not necessarily timing, but time that, that works over in, in the market for you to create wealth and maintain it, too. The number of shares, too, right? You want to keep buying shares. Isn't that what you Yeah, we've about? talked about that. I think we talked about that uh, in the last couple of weeks, and you keep asking about it, which is good. Because because it's it's a it's a subject that people need to understand. It's how do you infuse cash into your investment portfolio in retirement years when you're withdrawing money out? You know, would you rather spend? Would you rather sell shares each month to live off of, or would you rather have those shares produce income for you to live off of, where you can still maintain ownership of the shares? That's the second one. That's the one that we want to shoot for in retirement years because the ownership of shares is what's going to allow them that the, the value to, to rise over time with taxes and inflation. So you have to take a look at what your investments are, what their goal, what the investment goal is of the investments you have when you move into retirement. And remember, up until retirement, in most cases, investments have been designed for grow, 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 very little income production. Whereas when you get into retirement, you want to have income production of these investments. You want to have good dividend-paying stocks. You know, dividends today in, st- in the in the S&P that are averaging around 2.3% is the dividend yield. So when you're looking at that and you're going, well, how much money do I need to have in S&P 500 stocks in order to distribute enough income at 2.3%, you can get a lot of money. But there's also other dividends out there. There's high-yield bonds that pay a high amount of interest. There's also dividends in publicly traded REITs that are paying 9%, 10% dividends. So they all bring different risks and rewards. They all bring different ways that you can really shoot into um, uh, infusing cash into your portfolio. Another way is to do a laddered bond portfolio or imp- implement an annuity for a portion of the dollars, or do some covered call writing with options. So there's several different ways that you can really infuse cash into your portfolio to live off of in retirement years, Chris, without having to sell shares 
of ownership of, of, of uh, the shares that you have. That way, you know, you can get the best of both worlds, in, in my opinion, when it comes down to that. So, hey, well, I want to wish everyone a, a happy snowy Saturday here in December. First first snow of the season. Kind of pretty outside. Look, you know, um, you know so um I'm all tongue-tied now, Chris, coming down to the end of the show. Bob Can you back. believe it? Can Bob you believe back. it? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So, hey, we'll be, back, we'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Give us a ring during the week at 855-ROSE-123 or go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, for any more information. Or if you have questions, shoot us off an email. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with more Making Money Sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.